Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. One of the biggest problems that most businesses face is finding the right talent. And right now the job market is insane. And while hiring is definitely difficult, it doesn't need to be when you use Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed knows how important it is for you to make the most of your recruiting hours and dollars. With Indeed, you can save time and money by setting up your must-have qualifications and only paying for the quality candidates that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash money nerds. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash money nerds, indeed.com slash money nerds. This offer is valid through September 30th terms and conditions to apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode today. I have a kind of a fun and different show today. We're going to be talking about a project that I've been working on for the past, I mean, honestly, like almost six months. It's crazy that time flies so fast. But what I've been doing is I have been building a geodome with my partner, Tony, in the mountains in Idaho. I'm in Cascade, Idaho. And the whole intention of this is to see if we can make money as an Airbnb off this unique stay. So let's start first and foremost, why I'm going with a unique stay versus a traditional cabin. From 2019 to 2021, unique home searches have increased by 94%. 94%. There's a huge demand of people wanting to 
go stay at cool, unique places. It's no surprise. I even find myself traveling this way. In addition to that, hosts of unique homes have earned over $300 million globally. This market is just getting started. I think the unique market is the way to go when it comes to short-term rentals. So we're trying to take part of that as well. So to join me today, I've got my partner, Tony, coming on the show to talk a little bit about his perspectives, which I suspect ours are going to be very different. (laughs) We're very different people. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of our lessons learned and ultimately why we decided to do this. So Tony, thanks for hanging out with me. What's up? Uh, Yeah, glad to be on the show. Excited to share my perspective, whatever that's worth. And we'll, I think it'll be an interesting conversation to see how we ping off each other on this. Because surprisingly, we don't talk about it that much. No, we just live it every weekend. Yeah, kind of nose to the grind for the past, feels like six months. It is about six months. Yeah, okay, so it's spot on. Since since April, so the end of April is when we officially started doing some of the different things, but from Tony's perspective, okay, let's start first and foremost. You were not on board with this idea of doing some like crazy rentals. How did I finally convince you to, to join in on this? Ooh, you know... That's a really good question. I'm not really sure how you got me <laughs> strong armed you. Looped in. Uh, honestly, I think the part where I f- I really came on board with this particular project is after we got the lot hmm. and we went to it the first time. It's like right after we closed on it and I could really see the vision and I would say typically your vision and my vision don't necessarily mesh mm-hmm. or align that often. I think we have different creative minds and how we look at things are, are pretty different. But I could see what you saw. Mm. And it was pretty it was pretty similar. I think we took a couple of pictures, we were touring the lot, and I was like, hey, this is, could be really cool. So that's I think that's how I, I got uh on board with this particular property. Mm-hmm. But to take it back even further uh, honestly, I felt like this was one of the easiest ways for us to get into real estate and property ownership and making money off of it. So that's kind of how I more or less got on board to, to start off the, the project. But yeah, I would say when we got it and toured it after we closed on it, the vision really came alive and, and it got pretty exciting. So here's a funny story about how we closed on this lot too. So no joke, I watch Zillow and scroll through that. Oh my God, how many hours? Like, I wish I was joking when I say probably about 15 to 20 hours a week. She spends more time on Zillow than Facebook or Instagram. Like by far. Yeah. Like no joke. It is by far Zillow and (laughs) Realtor.com. Those are the two that I'm always on. And so this specific lot, it was very interesting. It had been for sale. I had it saved for over a year. And we were in the market for looking for just some type of like cheap-ish property. We couldn't really afford lots for like over $100,000. So we were like, all right, what what can we afford in our price range? And at that time, it was like less than 50. (laughs) So we came across this lot. We had no intention of thinking this would be a cool lot. Toured it, like Tony said, fell in love with it. It has these massive boulders, you guys. It is so cool. You have to go on the Instagram. Actually, if you want to follow the build, it's at Cascade Dome. And that's where we're sharing a little bit more behind the scenes of the the actual dome and the project so far. So we toured it. We loved it. We thought this was so cool. I called the realtor. It was like, was this Saturday? 
Was a Saturday? What do you mean? When we toured the lot? Probably. Yeah, it was a Saturday or Sunday. It was a weekend for sure. And so we called the realtor and had a conversation with her. And she said that you will not believe this. On Friday, somebody put in an offer on the exact same lot. And I was kind of devastated. I'm like, oh my God, can you tell me what the offer was? Which of course they can't. But we decided to just go in with a full price offer, which in hindsight was a smart idea. I think it really made a lot of sense given the pressure and given the demand. And now seeing what the market has done, that was probably a really good idea. Mm -hmm. So we made a full price offer that exact same day that we toured the lot. Yeah. And to give you context, depending on when you listen to this, full price offer is like a good deal in the real estate market at the time, even six months ago, because it was on fire, especially in the Idaho, Idaho in general, mm-hmm. uh, but especially Boise and, you know, kind of the surrounding areas. So uh, putting in a full price offer really wasn't honestly that big no. of a deal for us. And the number still worked out uh, when we were kind of playing around and doing some calculations. So uh, yeah, no, it was pretty, it was pretty wild that somebody put in an offer that day mm-hmm. when we were looking at it and you've been looking at this property for over a year. A year. A year it's been saved on my Zillow. It was crazy. To give you context, this is a money podcast after all. We paid $34,900 for the lot. It is almost a full acre. It's just shy of an acre. The lot now, let's say pre-development, pre-any work we've done on the lot, we could probably turn around and sell it for between fifty dollars and $60,000. It's insane how much the market has grown, even in raw land. And so we definitely got in at the right time because I think we probably would have been priced out of the market. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way things were going, it it was insane, especially in the months that followed. So So let's talk a little bit about why we decided to do a unique geodome, because this was not our initial plan. We were initially thinking something different. So do you want to tell everybody a little bit about what we initially thought and then why we changed our mind and went with the dome? I feel like we had a lot of ideas on the plate. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you're referencing a specific one, but we were looking at A-frames, tiny house style uh, types of properties. And this like she was saying, is raw land. So we're talking no power, no septic, no water. It is literally a plot of dirt with a lot of boulders, which I don't know if we're going to talk about that in this episode or the next episode of just the unique challenges this type of property can bring on. Um, but yeah, I, how did we end up stumbling across domes? Because we were looking at, I think A-frame was the the original idea mm. that we were going to go with. I think it was Levi Kelly's YouTube channel. So if you have not seen his channel, it's so good. He takes tours of really cool properties that are eye-catching and beautiful and just really awesome. And he toured a geodome. And at that time, I was kind of new to that. I'd seen it on Instagram a bit, but my head was set on a tiny modern cabin. And when we started to look at the numbers to develop the lot, we were like, holy crap, we can't afford a tiny modern cabin. It's just way too expensive. So we came across geodomes and decided that that was the route we were going to take. It was unique. It was different. It's kind of cool. It's not a yurt. There's quite a few yurts in the mountains. We wanted something that was going to be different and to stand out. So that's kind of our thought process behind the dome. 
So as you talked about earlier with the stats on unique Airbnbs, I think we were getting pretty excited about the fact that we're doing something pretty unique when it comes to the dome. Even with a smaller cabin, I think we would have made a, made it pretty unique as well. But now we're kind of crossing that next level into a, a very unique property, but not just the structure. The actual lot itself has been a challenge. It's a huge pain in the ass. Huge. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were what kind of language you allowed on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So I'm being a little <laughs> careful, but yeah, huge pain in the ass. Every step of the way, it feels like has been just a huge problem solving puzzle for us. Yep. Um, gosh, where do we start? So if you haven't seen the property again at Cascade Domes on Instagram, check it out. Some pictures will give you an idea of what we were working with, but just every square into this is huge rocks if you're seeing a dirt path probably a foot or two underneath that is a rock and it could be the size of a watermelon or the size of a mini cooper you don't really know so we ran into some issues we thought we were going to have a pretty quick start yeah. we were going to do the deck ourselves we had you know all this plans and then we start digging holes and we're like oh this <laughs> is not what we were expecting uh do you want to go in more into that yeah so we are big diyers this is something that we built a huge like almost 700 square foot deck off of our backyard last year let's preface this (laughs) so (laughs) she's a big diyer i tend to help with the diy (laughs) DIY. i'm the reluctant (laughs) diyer I'm the person who would rather pay somebody else, but the way my bank account works, <laughs> got a check in, got, got a, a check in, got a savings, and it, you know, it just tends to work out to where DIY is the the better deal. Uh, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, so reluctant DIYer and very adamant. I'm like, all right, we can do this. This is like no big deal. And we started off really strong. We went into this. We dug a big, huge fire pit area. My mom and I had to chisel out rock. And when I say chisel, this is like pickaxe and like breaking up rock. It is insane. This lot is crazy. So if you ever go stay there, I really hope you appreciate all of the work that we've done to get it actually ready. It's been crazy. So we got that ready, started to initially think, we'll just do this little deck. It shouldn't be too hard. We've done it before. This should be pretty easy. And like Tony said, we hit rock after rock and then tree roots and all kinds of different stuff. To give you context, the slope of this land, this lot is about 15% grade, which is pretty steep. I mean, it's, it's not flat. That's for dang sure. It's really quite steep. So we had a ton of work ahead of us. And that was kind of our first lesson learned, which was we thought kind of naively and stupidly that we could go in and build this deck on our own, have this deck permitted, do everything as legal as we can and make this a property that is just, you know, two months and it's going. That was super, super naive. So I'm going to start with my first lesson learned out of all this. And that is that everything takes longer than you think. 100%. I think our original launch date was summer of this year. And we're sitting currently late September. And we're probably looking end of October before we might be able to launch, depending on if things go smooth, which like you said, it usually never does. So, you know, not, not exactly getting my hopes up, but yeah, 
always something comes up. Uh, things take longer. We huge real estate boom going on around us, like we mentioned earlier. So that constrains everything. On top of that, mm-hmm. lumber shortages, which drove the price up. So a lot of our projects were probably three times more expensive than they would have been if we did this a year ago, even or six months before even. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of interesting challenges for this particular build. Yeah, it's been kind of a pain in the butt. So to give you some perspective of some of the challenges that we came across, and if you decide to do this and you have a sloped lot or you have to work with cities, you will probably have to go through something very similar. The first thing is in order to get permitting, at least in this specific area, for a deck that was over 30 inches off the ground, which to give you context, most of our deck will probably be seven feet off the ground, so quite a bit more than 30 inches, you have to have structural engineering. This is a requirement. They will not give you a building permit without that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, can't you skirt around and just not do a building permit? Let me tell you, we thought about that too, (laughs) but you really need it. It's such an important piece for resale. And not to mention, you can get fined up the who hang. Is that a word? Up the who hang. (laughs) I think that's a thing. People say that. Do they? Yeah, they do. Message me and let me know if you say that. Who hang? Anyways, it's a lot. So you can definitely get some major fines and it can really, I mean, honestly, they can tell you take it down. So it's a big issue. You really do want to go through permitting as much as you can. And also for that peace of mind of safety as well. Yeah. I mean, people are going to be staying on this. So we wanted to make sure that it was going to be good to go. Um, I think we were pretty good about realizing early on it's like hey this is a little out of our scope we should probably get some professionals in uh for for this piece of it uh but that did not take a whole lot off of our plate we had plenty to do and plenty of different projects uh but yeah i think that's a great first lesson things take longer and are typically more complicated than you will initially inspect us or expect, especially if it's your first property. And a cheap lot. I think a lot of times you'll find these really cheap lots, but they're cheap for a reason. They're a pain in the ass. Like there's a lot more to it than just throwing up a house. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, unless you're buying a lot that's perfectly flat, um, expect to, expect to put in some work, some unique (laughs) work. So. Yeah. And to give you context too, on the engineering, we actually had the deck plans from the dome company we're purchasing our dome from. If you're curious, it's called Pacific Domes. And so they had some deck plans that were made for d- domes that are just going to be on the ground on flat surfaces. And so we were able to take that deck plan and have it engineered to the lot. So it saved us a little bit of money, but ultimately that pushed out our timeline. We had to wait an extra almost eight weeks for that plan to be completed before we could spit for our permit. So this was like tears and sad moments for me for sure. Again, going back to the timeline piece, whatever they tell you it's going to take, it's going to take <laughs> longer. It. I don't care who, what, where, more than likely, it's going to take longer. So again, keep that in mind. Um, if you're trying to plan out your project, lay out a timeline, just factor some of that stuff in. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's probably doesn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, at least if you expect it, it, it doesn't sting quite as bad. 
Yeah. And I think we, we probably, if we were smart, like if we, when we do this again, one of the things that we will immediately do is we're going to recognize this. If there's a steep law, if there's a lot that's a little bit more complicated, we know immediately, first things first, we have to get engineering in place. So now we know this stuff. So the next project will definitely go a lot, well, hopefully smoother. You never know. But that's kind of, it's all a learning curve. You just have to just do this. Every lot is so different, but the, the concepts are usually the same. You probably need some type of engineering. You definitely need a building permit, and then you can start your build. So while we were working on building permit and structural engineering and all of that kind of stuff, do you want to talk about what we were doing in the background? So... Super steep lot, no structures on it whatsoever. Uh, there were some leftover pieces from the previous owner. Uh, so to give you guys some concept, there was no structure on here. But the no previous house. owner, yeah, they had no house. There was that structure. Um, and they would park basically a trailer kind of yeah. across these rocks. And there were some makeshift posts here and there um, that, you know, have been there for probably a couple decades mm-hmm. at least. So they're all rotted out. Uh, so really nothing structurally sound there that we could use. So kind of going from one point of the lot to the other was, you know, to put it lightly, pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, so our first project was like, okay, how do we get from one part of the lot to the other safely? So we decided to build some stairs. You know what? Not afraid to admit it. Never built stairs in my life. So... You know, what do you do when you're tackling a project you've never done before? You start searching YouTube. Uh, I am a proud YouTube premium subscriber <laughs> because I use YouTube so much and it's so nice not to have commercials. So special shout out to that. Uh, totally worth the money. But yeah, so we searched YouTube. We worked on this stair project and I would say it's definitely not perfect by any means, but way more safe and it looks pretty cool. It's Again, Pretty sweet picture on our Instagram at Cascade Dome. Be sure to check it out. Give us a follow. Uh, yeah, no, it turned out pretty cool. So I was pretty proud. That I think that was one of those like big first big wins of the lot. Yeah, Be- because I think we didn't know, and I think this is another lesson learned. Honestly, is you th- you can have everything planned out as best as you think you do, but stuff is going to come up. So even in our heads, we were like, okay, here's exactly how we're going to build the stairs. Here's exactly how it's going to look. And then lumber prices went up and we're like, oh crap, now we can't do this. We have to do this decomposed granite as the steps instead of wood because it's too expensive. And so there was just so many little things. And then once we got into it, there was the rocks, there's all this stuff that I think any advice I would give to somebody who wants to go down this route is to be very flexible with your plan. Do not be so dead set on it has to be this way. Kind of let the lot almost dictate the way you build things. I know that sounds weird, but we really had to listen to the lot often. (laughs) Yeah, it made me really think because I'm a huge HGTV watcher back in the day, even though we don't really have cable anymore. Did you really? Yeah, I always watch HGTV. When I'm traveling, that's one of the channels I pull up. It's that and pro wrestling. But that's besides the point. They always, you'd always see the ones that are like outdoors, like, oh, we wanted to bring in the landscape and really make it feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's part of the, part of the, the land. No, they do that because they have to do that. That's not <laughs> part of the design. Sometimes you just got to do that to make it work. True. Yeah. If we had our way, 
it might have looked a little bit different, but you know, we we had these constraints. We had these rocks. Sometimes things get a little bit more narrow. Sometimes there's a rock in the way, so you can't dig as deep. I mean, just a whole lot of stuff came up. But yeah, like she said, be flexible. Uh, don't be married to this perfect vision because the the land will fight back. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. And it'll win every time. And it wins every time. So let me tell you something else that we're doing to make this unique and interesting. So one of the big problems that we have is being in Idaho, especially in the mountains here, there's a lot of snow. Now, I'm not talking like a foot of snow. When we walked through the property last winter, it was up to my waist. Now, given I'm only 5'2", so <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But it was it was a lot of snow. And so this is another factor, another challenge that we had to work through. So we had to sit there and think, what would make this interesting and marketable for people? What would make somebody want to come stay here in the winter? How can we make this an exciting experience so that it's rented? And one of the things that we decided on was to build a sauna or sauna. I actually learned is how you truly say that. Do you have any Finnish fans? Because they'll probably be very angry if we call it a sauna. And I'm not going to show them how we built it either. Because <laughs> they would be like, that is not how you do it. Look, again, don't get married to a vision. <laughs> Sometimes you're limited by space and area, materials, whatever it may be. But yeah, I think the the sauna is going to be a, a nice touch. Um, again, coming from a marketing perspective, how are we going to make this property more appealing? That was one of those things that came to mind. Um, I know sometimes Wendy just gets super excited about stuff and she thinks about the marketing, but the way she presents it, it's like, I just want to put a sauna in there. I'm like, why are we putting a sauna in there? And then she'll have to break it down for me. It's like, look, it's going to be exciting for our guests and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that totally makes sense. And I think we saw a stat just the other day. This is way after we more or less finished the sauna. Um, was it like increase? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Whitney's friend Christy, who also has very unique Airbnbs, um, like a potato, a hobbit hole, she was telling us a sauna as was it eight times eight more times. generates eight times more revenue on Airbnb properties compared to a hot tub, or is it just just n- I think in general, or just in general? So you know. When, right? Who freaking knew? It's all of these little things that we learned along the way. And to be fair, we had no idea how to build a structure. We had to build this from the ground up. No clue. So shout out to my friend Brent from BYOT. He was on the podcast recently. So go check out his episode. We followed his shed tutorial very, very closely. It was very helpful. We're in the mountains. We're pushing pause on the video. We're watching how do we make this more waterproof? It was insane, the stuff that we had to do to make this work. And let me give you context too. I run my business full-time and Tony has a full-time job. So we have our normal jobs Monday through Friday. I say normal. They're kind of weird jobs. So anyway, we have our, our jobs Monday through Friday. And then every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we are driving back and forth to Cascade. It's about an hour and a half, takes us two hours to get exactly to our house. So it's not for the lighthearted, man. It's like, it's a lot of driving. We've went through a ton of audiobooks. Yeah, the grind is real. Um, podcasts, audiobooks keep us sane. But a lot of Home Depot trips. Luckily, there's like a Home Depot right on the way before we leave town. So we've Mm -hmm. frequented there quite a bit. Uh, They need to have like a frequent shopper card Oh, share about your coupons. 
Sure about the coupons? The oh. Home Depot coupons. Um, so there is a website. Uh, we will put it in the show links because I can't remember exactly what it is. But you can purchase some coupons. Uh, for example, there was some that are like $5 off a $20 purchase. There's some that are like $20 off of a $200 purchase. Um, if you're a Lowe's fan, I think some of those deals were a little bit better where you got I think it was like maybe 10 to 20% off of a certain amount of purchases. If you happen to have a Lowe's card, it made it a little bit better as well. Uh, so pretty cool. Um, you do have to buy the coupons, but usually if you plan ahead, you, you'll you'll come out ahead uh, when it comes to, to the savings that you have. Uh, so we'll put that in the show notes once I get that website because I don't have my phone on me. So <laughs> Weird. You know, very... In case you were wondering if this is a scripted episode, it's definitely oh really not, I had no not idea. scripted. Yeah, <laughs> you had no idea, right? So that was a lot of our lessons learned from this whole thing. The other big lesson learned that this was just maybe a personal accomplishment. I don't know. It was so amazing to see what you can actually accomplish. Taking this project on, I, I had a couple contractors come out and give us bids on decks and that kind of stuff. And when they would come out to the lot, they would say, wow, you're ambitious, which we now know means crazy. You're you're an idiot. What are you doing over here? And so it was. it is crazy. It is ambitious. But the stuff that you can accomplish through YouTube and a little bit of hustle and grind and creativity it is unlike anything I've ever taken on. And honestly, it hasn't felt like a chore. I'd say 95% of the time, it's actually a very fun experience. And that 5% of the time is when you're chopping off your finger and I'm, you know, getting rocks thrown at me and just having a heck of a time and sunburn. Okay. For the record, I did not throw any rocks at her <laughs> before anybody gets concerned. <laughs> it did sound that way, huh? It did. You know, just, just making sure. Going to put that out there. Uh, the finger story, you know, still have all 10, but had a little bit of a scare there. I don't know if you shared that at any time, maybe on the social medias, but, uh, we're, I was going at it with some rocks. This is during the stair project. Um, so with the elevation, you know, you're not sure footed, sure footed. Well, I, it was less about sure footed. It's just like where everything's positioned. So Mm. my lower body is you know, downhill a bit, my upper body's obviously not downhill a bit. So I'm just, (laughs) I'm, yeah, this is a very strange picture that I'm painting. But anyway, so I'm just going ham on this rock to get out of the way because we're trying to chisel out a little piece so we can get our stringer in there. Um, I think was, was this, this part of the project and it's late in the day. It was probably around four or five o'clock. We usually call it by about five thirty-six ish, just because we have to drive and, you know, we'll got to get gas and clean up a little bit. Um, so I'm just going at it with this pickaxe and I get a little bit sloppy and I smash my pinky between the pickaxe and the stringer. So if you guys don't know what the stairs, the stringer is the side piece that holds the the steps. So it's kind of the, the edges of the stairs, um, smash it on the corner of that and the pickaxe full force. And it just split my pinky open. Um, you know, there were some tears, <laughs> but I held it together. You know, I didn't start sobbing. Um, Whitney, I think was a little more concerned about it than oh, I was. Yeah, uh, so we ended up going to the local hospital and they checked it out there. It was kind of, you know, 
hit or miss whether it needed stitches or not. Uh, they have when he has a theory, they didn't want to call the doctor in, or the doctor didn't want to come in to actually do the the stitches. I was cool with it. They put a bandaid on it. Um, didn't cost me anything, you know, because <laughs> I'm cheap. So <laughs> we're good, and my pinky's fine. It was insane. So yeah, those were some of our big lessons learned. Always prioritize your safety. I think that was a big lesson learned for us too is not to get sloppy when we start getting a little bit lazy we start getting a little bit maybe like we're slack in a hair that's when we know it's time to either take a break or it's time to call it and so we've had to be really careful about that because when you're in the middle of the mountains using power tools i mean it it's insane so we we really try to be as safe as possible even though it may not sound that way yeah all things considered i'd say uh we haven't had any no other than my finger knock on wood Um, I think going into, you know, we talked about earlier, we basically built most of the projects that we were working on ourselves with YouTube videos and following tutorials online. Um, We don't come from, you know, handy backgrounds necessarily. Uh, I think, you know, your mom and dad did some DIY stuff back in the day. They Uh, built a house. They did build a house. You weren't born though, so that doesn't really count. (laughs) Oh, were you? Okay. (laughs) Totally. Whatever. You you weren't paying attention to the process. So you're starting from scratch. Um, my dad did a lot of DIY stuff. So, I mean, I saw some things here and there, but I would not consider myself a very handy person. I'm one of those people that don't do the projects because if it's not perfect, it bugs me mm. really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was something I had to get over while doing this because when you're kind of figuring things out on the fly and you know what's showing on the YouTube video doesn't necessarily happen in real life or in your particular project um you you kind of just have to go with it you know and I think that's probably the the biggest hurdle I had um was just just doing it just starting and then figuring it out as you go and that was really hard for me but I feel a lot better about it now um I'd say our most recent project the uh, boardwalk walkway was probably the most fun project. Oh man. We hashed, we hashed it out in probably on, it took us two weekends, but we easily could have did it in one. We just had to make a couple of home Depot trips, but it was a great project. Yeah. I'd say that was the smoothest project I've done ever. And it turned out awesome. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I've had a couple people be like, Hey, I saw your video. That was really cool. Oh, really? That looks awesome. Yeah. So I Did think- you tell them we're for hire? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> Come on. Side hustle, man. Sheesh. Barely have time to do our own project. It's true. So all in all, this has been our Airbnb experience so far. Now this is just getting the property going. We could go into so many different details, but ultimately let me tell you a little bit about the numbers. So all in, we're looking at probably about $60,000 for the project. Uh, It'll actually be about 65 when we're completely done. That includes our lot. So all of this stuff is pretty cool because we ran some numbers and our expected revenue, if everything goes smoothly on the low end, would be about thirty-five dollars to $40,000 on the low end. And we're probably going to get up to about $55,000 per year. So it's a sweet moneymaker if everything pans out the way we hope it does. And we just wanted to give you some context. If you are curious about this stuff, 
this is why we're doing it. It's super fun. It's really cool. We're learning some amazing skills and it's going to basically bring in a big chunk of change. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a a pretty fun project when it's done. I think we're going to be pretty proud of it. Um, But which it sounds like we'll probably talk about in part two. (laughs) This is just the first part. And honestly, (laughs) it's probably the easier part. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more in part two, as far as what about the back end stuff, right? Yeah. Marketing the property, managing the property. What are some things we're learning? How are we going to approach that? Uh, that'll, that'll come a little bit later, but I'm pretty excited with the progress we've made so far. Um, if you don't know me, or you haven't heard from Whitney's descriptions of me, I am not really into projects like this at all. Uh, but I've been, you know, sometimes looking forward to it on weekends, like, oh, hey, like we're going to go do this. Uh, but the next project that I get to work on, I am not looking forward to. And that is the outhouse. But you know what? Yeah. That's life. It's the grind. That's it's what not we signed up for. It's, it's not all about pretty walkways. Sometimes you got to deal with a literal shithole. So. <laughs> Uh, seriously yeah but it'll be rough rough. so all of this to say if you have any questions about airbnbs and starting a unique glamping site reach out to me on instagram i'm at whitney underscore hansen underscore co and we will collect some of your questions if they come through and i will make sure that we answer those either in a future episode directly through the dms or maybe even our part two. So if you do want us to do a part two and share some of the numbers and how we manage it remotely and all of that kind of stuff, let me know. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review. It means so much to me. I read every single one of your reviews and it really does help the show get in front of more people. So I'm so grateful for you and all of your support. And I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.